or live. Foodie Friday. Foodie Friday. I absolutely love it. And I also love our guest, Erin McDonald, RD. She is fantastic. She's a nutrition, fitness, and wellness coach, co-founder of You Rock Girl. She also did the recipes for my upcoming book about sexual health and clean eating and healthy living. And she is just an all-around gem. Hey, Erin. Well, good morning, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me be on. Oh, I love having you on the show. You know, Erin's going to be a regular here, and we're always so glad. She's working on a book. She's got a pumpkin e-book. I love pumpkin. So today we're going to talk about eating with the seasons, some great fall and winter recipes. All right. So first of all, let's talk about why it's so good to eat with the seasons. You know, it's really important, and a lot of people don't even realize it, but If you look at the teachings of traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine, they really focus a lot on using the seasons to guide what you eat. And when you kind of boil it down to a nutshell, the takeaway I want people to remember is um, you want to eat hot foods when it's cold out and you want to eat cold foods when it's hot out. It's all about balancing your yin and your yang. And when you think about it, you go, hmm, well, that kind of makes sense because in the summer, it's really hot outside, and the last thing I want to do is drink soup or have chili, but I really am craving a salad, and that's the natural tendency of your body wanting to cool down the heat in the summer, and then, of course, in the, in, as the weather turns colder, what do we want? We want to have chili, we want to have soups, we want to have hearty stews, we want to have braised food, and that's the natural way of creating warmth in the body. So right now, in season, which is so exciting, you know, we're you know, fully into fall and winter's right around the corner. So we're looking at all the root vegetables. We're looking at Brussels sprouts, uh, carrots, parsnips, turnips, all the winter squashes, which I adore, like uh, butternut squash, spaghetti squash, acorn squash, delicata squash. I mean, I can go on and on and on about all the different squashes and, of course, all my favorite ways to use them. And, of course, beets. Don't forget about beets. A lot of people are afraid of them because they're so earthy tasting, but there's golden beets, there's candy cane, which are striped beets, and of course your traditional red beets. And when you buy beets, here's my number one tip, Lisa, buy them with the greens still attached. Buy organic, please, because most beets are genetically modified. So buy organic, non-GMO beets, and buy them with the beet greens attached, because those beet greens are delicious. Wow. See, that is good to know because you're going to be like, oh my gosh, Lisa, you're terrible. I do buy them with the greens attached and then they wither in my, uh, (laughs) you know, vegetable drawer, even though I eat the beets because I don't know what the heck to do with them. So why don't we start there? You know, here on Foodie Friday, we'd love to talk recipes. So what are we going to do with these beet greens? Okay. So glad that you asked. Um, Beet greens, you can turn them into a pesto sauce. So strip the leaf from the stock, and actually you can reserve those stocks and you can pickle them, and I can go tell you about that afterwards, but put all the greens into a food processor. In any traditional pesto, your recipe is you need a green, it could be anything. In this case, we're going to use beet greens. Traditionally, it's basil. You can add basil if you have it or any other baby green that you have. So put a little garlic. I like to put lemon juice and lemon zest. Um, I put pine nuts, but you could put any other nut that you like. And then you can use Parmesan cheese, or if you're going Mm -hmm. vegan, you can use some nutritional yeast. And then you're going to whiz that all together and add in a little bit of avocado oil or extra virgin olive oil until you have 
the pesto consistency that you like. And it's such a versatile thing because most people think, oh, pesto is just a traditional basil. Nope, you can do it with any green you have on hand. So I'll take those beet greens, I'll turn them into a pesto, I'll chop up the beets, I'll roast them in the oven with some onions and some sweet potatoes, and then I have this beautiful multicolored roasted beet and sweet dish with a beautiful, delicious pesto on the top. And it is, oh, so good. It sounds incredible. Now, for some reason, I always assume that the beet greens would be bitter. Am I incorrect or are they incorrect? They, they're actually pretty mild, I have to say. Oh, really? Oh, that's great. Yeah, because yeah, I'm not a big fan of the bitter. Can... No, well, a lot of people aren't a fan of the bitter, but bitter is just one of the different tastes, you can balance that out by putting something salty in there or a pinch of something sweet, and that actually kind of balances it out. But um, you could, instead of making a pesto, you could also chop up the greens and you could saute them with garlic. If you are a garlic fan, lots and lots of garlic, make some garlicky greens or add some other baby greens in there, like say baby kale or baby chard. That would work really nicely too, and it would make a delicious side dish. Oh, this is fantastic because I always feel bad when I'm wasting them. And I don't know why I didn't Google or call you. <laughs> hey, Aaron, <laughs> what am I going to do with these beet greens before they go bad? So this is great. Now, you mentioned squash. I have become such a fanatic of spaghetti squash. I make this really wonderful meat sauce with grass-fed organic meat and tomatoes and garlic and oregano, like sort of, you know, like an Italian pasta sauce. And instead of putting on pasta, I put it on that. I do the same thing. Um with taco stuff, I'll, I'll either use chicken or beef or just even just beans and add some nice Mexican seasonings to them and spices. And I love it. And then add some guacamole. And so it's like the spaghetti squash sort of takes the place of tortillas or corn chips. And so it's happy. Absolutely. And you are making me so hungry right now talking about that. That is some <laughs> of too. my favorite. Those are some of my favorite recipes. So yes, I adore spaghetti squash. And I love making a meat sauce or I love taking a pesto just like that. And maybe I'll serve it with some up, some sauteed shrimp or some sauteed scallops instead to make it a little bit lighter. Um, so it's a different direction you could take it in. And now how do you cook, you know, how do you prepare your spaghetti squash? Because, you know, there are three so different ways that you to cook them. Well, it's so funny you ask because I was going to say, I bet there's a lot of people, you go to the grocery store and you just see these huge squashes and you're like, I don't even know what the heck to do with that. And you just walk right by. That was me for many, many years. And then finally I was like, okay, I've got to like come to terms with my fear of these huge squashes. I do think they're a little bit hard to cut. So maybe that's something that I need some tips with. Maybe you can help us. But once I get the darn thing cut open, scoop out the seeds, which I guess I could keep and, and toast, but I don't, but I should mm -hmm. or put in the oven. And then I drizzle some avocado oil. I always use avohas because avohas is my absolute favorite. You should check them out. So I sprinkle this little, or drizzle this little avocado oil. I put them face down in like a glass baking dish. And then I put them in the oven for about 45 minutes at 350. Sometimes I need to do a little bit more. Uh, is that what you do? I mean, I just, I think I just made this up. I'm not no, sure. No, and you're correct. That's actually one of the methods. So you can roast them in the oven. Okay. So. If, once you get it open, so usually I tell people to take the top end and the bottom end off, and if they're really having trouble even getting their knife, and oh, please, this is like public why. service announcement number one, make sure your knives yes. are sharp. Get a little yes. inexpensive knife sharpener and sharpen your knives at least once a week. So that being said, with sharp knife, cut the top end and the bottom end off, 
and then slice it down the middle and scoop out the seeds. And you can save the seeds and treat them like pumpkin seeds. And you can toast, you know, spice them up and toast them up. Cool. If your spaghetti squash is too hard to even cut through with your super sharp knife, just prick it a couple of times and stick it in the microwave for about two minutes. And it should soften the skin just enough for you for you to be able to get your knife through that. So that being said, once you've got the spaghetti squash halved and you've scooped up the seeds, you can roast them in the oven like you did. Avocado oil is awesome. You can put a little salt and pepper on it. Uh, Sorry, flesh side down in either a glass or a traditional cookie sheet that I'd line with foil and bake 45 minutes or so until it is soft to the touch. That's how you'll know that it's done. Um, You can also do them cut side down in a glass microwave-safe dish with a little bit of water, and you cover it with some wrap, and it creates like a steam bath, and then you'd probably microwave for about 12 to 15 minutes per half, depending on how large it is. Again, soft to the touch is when you know that it's done. The third method, which a lot of people don't know about, is you can cook it whole in your slow cooker or your crock pot. You, you can? put the thing in there, add probably like a half a cup of water, put the lid on it, set it for low, cook it for about two or so hours, and it should be soft. And when you open it, everything is perfectly cooked. Are you kidding me? That's incredible. Isn't that it's the like funniest the coolest thing I've, I've ever learned heard? doing this show? <laughs> no, and that's, that's the funniest thing. I, I remember reading about that somewhere, you know, a while back. I'm like, well, I got to try this out for myself. I mean seeing is believing. So I did it and lo and behold, it totally worked. So that is one of my go-to methods for cooking spaghetti squash. Well, you know, one of the things I love about this show is we always get such incredible sponsors and we always take sponsors that we use and believe in. I am such a fan of things that can help me be my best. I always want to upgrade my nutrition, especially when I'm on the road. And so I am such a fan of Organifi. They have a great green superfood supplement. And even if you're eating lots of veggies, you know, they do lose some of their nutritional value if you're not eating them right away and they sit in your, uh, what is that, that vegetable drawer we all have. So I highly recommend that people get Organifi green juice. It's quick and easy. It tastes great. I really love it. And you can try out their green juice for 20% off using the code TALKHEALTHY. Just go to the checkout at Organifi.com. Again, Organifi.com. They have a wonderful green juice. They also have a red juice. It's a super food red juice packed with antioxidants, immune boosting herbs, which is super great. You know, sometimes what I like to do is you can add water or almond milk, or I'm a big fan of coconut milk beverage. And that way you get your antioxidant boost from the berries and you get energy for your immune system. There's reishi and something called uh, cordyceps. It's actually a type of mushroom and uh, it's a great thing. So be sure to check out Organifi.com and uh, put in Talk Healthy for 20% off your order. Okay. So Aaron, I'm so trying that because I have a spaghetti squash on my counter that I've just been <laughs> looking at going, why aren't I making this? So I am going to make it today. And that's so cool. So you just literally take the whole thing, you put it in the crock pot. How much water did you say? I put about a half a cup, maybe two thirds of a cup. It's just enough to help it steam. Okay. And then and set it on hours. low for about two or so hours. You know, again, after the time is up, give it a little push. If it's soft to the touch, then you're ready to go. All right. Now I've been hearing a lot about the instant pot. Do you know what that is? And if you do, can you tell us about it? And if you don't, that's okay. I, yeah, I do. I, <laughs> I don't. I don't personally own one. I am looking to get okay. one. It's you know the new yeah, piece too. of equipment that everyone's talking about. It's a pressure cooker. 
So you can cook things under you cook things under high pressure in a very short period of time. So it's a huge time saver for dishes that would traditionally cook for a very long or slow period of time. So like I said, I'm in market, you know, maybe for the holidays, I'll get a Instant Pot for a gift and then I'll start whipping up recipes using that. Cool. Yeah, I really want to try that. I've heard amazing things about it. It's actually funny. I got one for a friend of mine for uh, her birthday and I still need to check back and, and see how it's going. What are some <laughs> of your other favorite fall and winter recipes? Well, um, I love to roast up butternut squash. Butternut squash is one of my all-time favorites. And I either do a sweet version or I do a savory version. And, you know, with the butternut squash, it's so funny. It's that big oblong kind of funny-looking squash with the, it's got a long neck and then a bulbous butt, I like to call it at the bottom. You know, you can peel that skin <laughs> off with just using a regular vegetable peeler. You don't have to ha- use your knife and worry oh. about slicing some fingers off. A regular vegetable peeler will take off the skin, and then I just dice everything up, stick it onto a sheet pan with some avocado oil, and if I'm making it sweet, I dust it with cinnamon, and if I'm making it savory, I usually dust it with a mix that usually has, say, smoked paprika in it, maybe a little cumin, a little bit of cinnamon, a little garlic powder, and then I just roast it until it gets nice and golden, and when it comes out, it's just, you can't stop eating it. It's like eating little pieces of candy. There's so, so good. Um, oh, so butternut squash is high on my list. And then cauliflower. I I know cauliflower rice has been like this huge thing for like the last two years. And I still cook the heck out of it. I absolutely love making cauliflower fried rice. I love making cauliflower pizza crust. And I love to just, again, oh, roasted Roasted garlic, mashed cauliflower is still the bomb and always on my Thanksgiving table. Okay, you got to share those two recipes, the pizza, the two last two, I should say, the pizza and the um, cauliflower mashed. Okay, so the pizza is super simple. You can buy the bag of already riced cauliflower. They do sell that in the market. Or you can buy a whole head of cauliflower and you're going to put it in your food processor and pulse it down until it looks like little pieces of rice. What you do with your rice cauliflower is you put it in a glass bowl and with a little bit of water and cover it up in the microwave for about four minutes so it just cooks. And then when it's cool enough to handle, you'll dump the rice out into a towel, a very clean towel. And when it's cool enough, you're going to wrap up the towel and you're going to squeeze, squeeze, squeeze all the water out until you can't squeeze it anymore. And you're going to be left with a dry ball of cooked rice cauliflower. That'll get mixed with an egg, some Parmesan cheese, some Italian seasonings, and you're going to kind of stir it all together, and it will come together like a ball, and then you'll flatten it onto a sheet pan, like a crust, and bake it in an oven about 375 for about 10 to 15 minutes. Bring it out and then top it with your favorite, maybe your beet green pesto, um, <laughs> or any other vegetables, or a marinara sauce, and then some extra cheese if you like, and or olives, or sun-dried tomatoes, or whatever you like on your pizza, and then back in the oven it goes um, until the cheese melts, and you're done. Oh, that is nice. Now, what is the consistency or the texture of this cauliflower crust? And you know what? It's very bread-like. Really? You would be very surprised. Uh-huh. The more you pulse down your cauliflower as small as you can, the more it will be more bread-like as a crust. And I made it recently for a a photo shoot, and everyone took a bite of it, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I could totally eat this. Like, 
this fakes me out. Wow. I got to get a food processor. I have a Vitamix right now, but it's hard get in the Vitamix because it gets too, yeah. Vitamix I is love great a Vitamix, so many believe things, me. So. I love yes. a blender. I love a good Vitamix. But for certain things, you need a food processor because the blade is flat and lower down. So things don't really get trapped under it. Yes, that is one of the issues. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Okay, now let's talk about these. Uh, I love garlic. So talk about okay, the, so mashed the garlic, with garlic roasted mashed cauliflower. Okay, so take a whole head of garlic, cut it down into pieces, get it on your baking sheet with some avocado oil. And on the same baking sheet, take a, either a whole head of garlic or a half a head of garlic and wrap that in foil. Season your cauliflower with some salt and pepper. I usually use lemon pepper and pink Himalayan sea salt. Those are my favorites. And then it goes into the oven in about 25 minutes, about 350-ish, until the cauliflower looks a little golden and that the garlic is soft. When they've cooled down, bring your food processor out again, put them in the food processor, (laughs) the garlic, the cauliflower, and then you're going to add some Parmesan cheese. You can keep it vegan by using nutritional yeast. And then I use some vegetable broth, and I just pulse it down first, and then I'll add the broth to loosen it up as it goes along. I don't put the broth in right away. I put the broth in after I've gotten a nice thick uh, mashed cauliflower, and then I'll add a little bit of broth to thin it out to the consistency that I like. And, of course, taste it along the way. Does it need more pepper? Does it need more salt? Adjust your flavors, and it's so darn good. And it's especially if you use Parmesan cheese. If you're not anti-Parmesan cheese or you're not a you know dairy-free person, the Parmesan cheese and the garlic both have a lot of umami in it, which is that thick taste, which really means comfort food, earthy. And when you take a bite of it, you go, oh, this is good stuff. And it's great hot. <laughs> it's great the next day. It's one of those things that people keep going back for more. Oh, it sounds great. Speaking of going back for more, my daughter and I are both pumpkin fanatics. So talk to us a little bit about your new pumpkin ebook, or is this a new book? Um, we came out with it last year. Our pumpkin ebook, which is available on the You Rock Girl website, takes you from everything from breakfast to dinner to dessert. We've got pumpkin smoothies, pumpkin soup, pumpkin bars, pumpkin pumpkin pie, you name it. We've got everything that'll satisfy you at every meal of the day because I am a pumpkin fanatic. And I love the consistency of pumpkin. I love the taste of pumpkin. And my favorite spice happens to be cinnamon. So I go very heavy cinnamon on all these pumpkin desserts. And if you look at the pumpkin pie recipe, there is a secret ingredient, which everyone who eats my pumpkin pie goes like, what is that that I'm tasting that just makes it so extra special. And my secret ingredient is orange zest. Ooh, nice. And if you add orange zest to pretty much anything pumpkin, it just makes the flavor pop and gives it that an extra sweetness, this floral note to it, which you just go, wow, like what is it that I'm tasting that is so different than any other pumpkin pie or pumpkin bar that I'm eating? And it's the orange zest. I need to make yours because one of the things that I find with a lot of pumpkin pies is I think they're way too sweet. And I, I tend to like ones that have more spice in them, especially more yes, cinnamon. Mine are spice so, heavy, low sugar. Ah, oh, you are, you're speaking my language. <laughs> 
You know, Aaron, I'd love to have you back uh, if possible before Thanksgiving, because I'd like to take a lot of the traditional things and put a healthier spin and just something new. Because I have to be honest, I, I, I'm not that thrilled with Thanksgiving food. And if people are, I apologize if you're like, oh, my gosh, but I just it's just not my thing. And I just think I need some new fun recipes. And you've shared some great ones today. I have got a ton of them. And it's funny because I teach cooking classes once a month and my November class is always Thanksgiving side dishes and desserts. Because really, anybody can make the turkey, but everyone really (laughs) wants to have the side dishes. So I've got lots and lots of amazing, easy to prepare, flavor forward, so delicious and nutritious, you would never even know it, side dishes. Fantastic. Well, I know firsthand all the recipes you did for the book are wonderful. And when the book comes out next spring, Erin, you will obviously be back before that. I'm hoping to be back next month and then every couple months, but we will be talking it up. I'm so excited. Erin, tell us all the ways in the meantime, how we can find you via social media. Terrific. Thank you. And I'm super excited to be back on. And that book cookbook that we did is going to be money. Um, they, everyone can find me at <laughs> I'm so excited about it um, okay me so too. our website is urockgirl.com and that's with the letter U urockgirl.com Facebook urockgirl Twitter at urockgirl Instagram it's at u underscore rock underscore girl and we have a YouTube channel urockgirl TV where we post workouts every single week you go to our website you can right now download a free dessert ebook when you join the You Rock Girl Sisterhood. And that comes with that is a free newsletter every single Friday with a new recipe of the week, a new workout of the week, and tons and tons of great nutrition and wellness content. Well, You Rock Girl, I mean, what a perfect name. I want to thank everyone for listening to Talk Healthy today. I love Foodie Friday. Check us out on social media at Talk Healthy, the number two day on Snapchat and Twitter and at Talk Healthy, excuse me, Talk Healthy Today podcast on Facebook. Thanks, everyone, and stay well.